Welcome to Compliance Beat, the podcast for compliance and ethics professionals. We provide practical insights and answer your questions about compliance and ethics. Together, we'll stay up to date on current trends so that your program stays effective. Brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Here's your host, Eric Moorhead. Welcome to the special edition of the Compliance Beat podcast. We have some breaking news, which we don't usually have that frequently, uh, but but some really interesting news coming out of Texas here in Dallas, actually. Uh, yesterday, uh, on uh, April th- uh, 30th, the Department of Justice Criminal Division, uh, in fact, the uh, Assistant Attorney General Brian Benchowski, and if I'm mispronouncing his last name, I apologize, uh, delivered a keynote address where he talked about uh, the department's compliance initiatives at the ECI, Ethics and Compliance Initiative, uh, annual conference. Uh, Anytime an assistant AG speaks and talks about compliance, it's obviously news. This was particularly interesting because he announced that they have revised their memoranda on evaluating corporate compliance programs. So that uh, memoranda that first came out in February of 2017 has now been updated uh, as of yesterday, I assume. I may have been up uh, a few days before that. I haven't checked in the last week or so. Uh, And it's a completely new memorandum, although it's not completely new. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, And it obviously supersedes the memorandum that we have been uh, plotting over for the last uh, two and a half years. Um, he also uh, made another announcement that was interesting. Uh, this is reported by Joe Murphy. Thanks, Joe. Uh, that uh, the division is also, the criminal division is starting training uh, for uh, prosecutors on compliance programs. I would assume they're going to be using this uh, new revised memoranda uh, and the guidance that's in the U.S. Attorney's Manual as, as their... Uh, uh, the basis for any kind of training, uh, but uh, I, I don't have any further information about what that training means, when it's going to be rolled out, who's going to get it necessarily, <coughs> and when we can expect uh, to see any kind of uh, impact from that training. But that's also very interesting. But obviously the most interesting and, and, and biggest uh, uh, issue is the brand new uh, revised uh, memoranda. It's titled Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs. I'll have the link uh, in the show notes for this podcast if you haven't seen it already. Um, it's going to be familiar uh, to anybody who's uh, looked at prior guidance from the Department of Justice. And if I were to characterize it, I would say it is sort of, it is really an amalgam of guidance from the FCPA uh, guide that came out now five, six years ago. Uh, the memoranda from uh, the Wei Chen um, uh, memoranda from 2017, and other aspects of guidance, both uh, verbal and written guidance that uh, uh, the department has put out before. Uh, a lot of the uh, the uh, footnotes in this uh, uh, memoranda, just as the prior, just as in the prior memoranda, uh, do cite the uh, attorney. Uh, U.S. Attorney Manual. Uh, that's an important thing. Uh, it also some of the other um, sources, if you will, for this memoranda. No surprise is the uh, J- Chapter Eight of the Sentencing Guidelines, um, which was 
where all, everything starts. Um, and then also some other memoranda that have been put out in the past, uh, a Department of Justice memoranda on selecting monitors where, during the discussion on monitors is cited, uh, and the uh, resource guide I already mentioned for the uh, FCPA, uh, which came out in 2012. So actually, that's seven years ago. It's hard to believe it's been that long. Um, they also, interestingly, uh, cite the OECD, the Organization for Economic Co Cooperation and Development, uh, who, as you know, have had their quote-unquote good guidance for a long time on what makes an effective program. Uh, the Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs memo, this revision, uh, like the memo in 2017, uh, skews, uh, if, if I can use that term, skews towards uh, anti-corruption anti prosecution uh, compliance. Uh, and what I mean by that is there's discussion in here about third-party monitoring, uh, about due diligence around third parties, about M&A activity. And these are all uh, valid things. And, and, and I've talked about on this podcast before how uh, third-party due diligence really is broader than just anti-corruption uh, compliance. It has to do with uh, compliance for privacy, for example, these days, um, for compliance with um, <coughs> uh, antitrust or other regulatory schemes. It doesn't just cover, uh, when we think about third-party due diligence uh, in, in the compliance realm, I think in the, in the past, we tended to focus solely on anti-corruption, and it's certainly broader than that. But even, even so, uh, this still shows the fingerprints, if you will, of the fraud section, the Department of Justice, and their emphasis on prosecution of anti-corruption, particularly, or specifically, rather, FCPA offenses. So that is uh, one characteristic that kind of comes through uh, very clearly, very directly when you when you look at the the document, how it's structured and, and the coverage. Um, it, <clears throat> when you compare it to the 2017 memo, uh, again, it, it seems to me to be sort of an amalgam of guidance that came out before, particularly guidance in the FCPA guide and. Uh, and that 2017 memo. They have sort of taken the individual topics that were discussed in the 2017 memo and put them into a format uh, uh, based on the, uh, uh, the, 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 the risk-based program uh, uh, profile that they started talking about even before the FCPA guide, but that was specifically memorialized in the FCPA guide with these three questions. And these are the three uh, main categories of the new uh, memo, and these come straight out of the FCPA guidance and straight out of uh, NPA and DPA agreements prior to that and, and other discussions. First question, threshold question is, is the corporation's compliance program well designed? Um, this goes to a lot of the queries that were in the 2017 memo about putting together the individual parts of the program and what the methodology uh, what methodology was used, how the risks were assessed uh, before those components were put together, uh, what part of the organization um, was uh, consulted, you know was there operational input in other words? Uh, so they're looking at before anything has happened, before there has been a breach or a failure or misconduct, 
um, what went into designing the program. So that's uh, and you know really aligns with a lot of the queries in the 2017 memo, um, but is uh, you know also uh, comes straight out of earlier guidance. The second uh, major query and, and, and division of this of this uh, memoranda is uh, is the program being applied earnestly and in good faith, and in other words, is the program being implemented effectively. Uh, so they're looking at uh, the kind of that old Enron query. Is this a paper program or a real program? Uh, you know, the, famously, Enron had a spectacular code of conduct and had lots of policies and procedures, but nobody followed any of them, uh, and nobody was expected to. So uh, they're going to look at implementation. So if the first question is design, the second question is implementation, how uh, does uh, does the corporation take it seriously, and how how do you exhibit the fact that this is a uh, serious endeavor? And then the third question: Does the corporation's compliance program work in practice? So uh, you know, does the program work? And if it doesn't work, what steps has the organization taken to make sure it does work? Uh, I think the second query is probably more important than the first because you're going to have failures. Any any system any system is going to have failures eventually. <coughs> the 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 more important query, and I think this memo covers this, is what's done uh, uh, to make sure uh, that once there is a failure, that it is uh, there's proper analysis and proper um, review and testing to make sure that it doesn't happen again and 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 changes are made. Um, so this is very interesting, but um, it, as you look through the document, you see uh, there is more exposition and ex explaining, more explaining about what uh, the expectations are uh, that the department has when they look at these different um, uh, these different sections, these different parts of a program, uh, design, implementation, and effectiveness. I guess would be a good place, good way to uh, describe that that last piece. Um, but uh, you'll see a lot of the same queries that were in the 2017 memo. Some of them have been restructured. Uh, I haven't done a side-by-side -side comparison yet since this just came out yesterday, so I can't tell you. Uh, I would imagine some of these questions have been uh, uh, re-edited uh, uh, re or changed in some way, even though, even though they appear to be fundamentally the same as the queries in the 2017 memo. Uh, but there are still queries. Uh, it's certainly uh, redesigned, and there's a lot more exposition. Uh, it's a longer memo overall uh, than the memo from uh, 2017. Um, and as I said, there's there's more there's more description uh, for each of these topics uh, to better explain um, why and how the organization. Uh, or the, the, the department, what their expect expectations for the organization will be uh, around compliance. So it's, it's, it's brand new. It's interesting. Um, it's interesting to kind of see the, uh, uh, the, the, the genetics of it, if you will, uh, to see that, you know, it's, it's, it's really an amalgam of uh, priorities that we've seen in the past, uh, uh, the existing memo, uh, the existing FCPA guide, uh, the existing um, guidance in the U.S. Attorney's Manual, 
Um, all very interesting. All very interesting. And I'm going to be uh, podcasting on the individual pieces of this as we par- parse through it. But I did want to announce that it's out there, get this podcast up, uh, talk a little bit about um, generally what it looks like, um, and uh, get you the link so that you can take a look at it yourself. Uh, probably later today, I will uh, have an additional podcast, if not today, tomorrow. Uh, talking a little bit about uh, the first couple aspects of this document. We're going to pick through it carefully um, and think about it a little bit. Uh, I think it's worthwhile to do that. I'm going to have some upcoming uh, webinars here as we get into high summer. I'll have some announcements around that soon, so please pay, please, uh, uh, if you're interested, uh, it would be um, probably another code of conduct webinar at some point, but also uh, program assessment. Um, uh, I think we're going to uh, put on a webinar around uh, training the board of directors. It's been a while since we talked about that. Um, Probably have some podcasts around that too, but for the next uh, week or two, I think we're going to be talking about this memo because this is really, uh, you know, we don't get a lot of breaking news, if you will, Um, but this is certainly interesting. Uh, So take a look and look out. Um, I'm going to be populating more podcasts than I normally do um, as we go through and uh, pick apart uh, this brand new document that's very interesting. And so until next time, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Compliance Beat. Check out our website, compliancebeat.com. This podcast is brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Be sure to check us out at moorheadconsulting.com. 